Um, welcome back to the This is a Virtue podcast, you know? We're here. We're out here. I'm still working on the intro, so forgive me. But today we have another individual that I hold to high standards. Another person that I have close regards for, high regards for. Um, very important in, in my walk. And in my growth, well, like I said, these are these are people that keep me accountable, and not only do they keep me accountable, but these are people that I have grown to love, and we have formulated a great relationship with each other. Uh, today we have the other Hep, Mr. Seth Hep. Actually, now that I think about it, this might be this might be the first one, because it's been like the the first time that I was actually able to sit down with, you know, because you 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 really like that with the sound, right? So I might have to re record with Eli so you know it's just, it's just a thought it's just not like now we've uh like we've been stacking up the recordings we've just been doing what I, I've been trying to steward well to a guy's behalf has had me to do English so um today I'm here with Seth Hepner Seth howdy howdy glad to be this, here this is this is my guy this is my boy like I said I, I've we're cultivating a very strong friendship here and I just love this guy to death so um I want to give a space for you to break down who you are, what you're doing, you know, where God has you to the people. And, you know, we're just going to get this thing rolling from where we at. So. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, as you already said, my name is Seth Hepner. Um, we started our friendship um, here at the church that we currently go to. Uh, have you mm. said which church? Or I had, It's been said, but I think just because the form, the format now is going to be, this is going to be like the first one. Mm -hmm. So you can just like, just really lay lay the foundation. Lay it like okay. this is the first time okay. ever. That works. You know? So yes. So um I met my brother here at the Springs Church. Springs. Um currently as this podcast is being created, I am working on my third year being at this church. Mm -hmm. Uh prior to that, I had grown up in church. Um mm -hmm. backstory of mine. Uh my parents met in church. They had been previously married, um, both had gone through divorces. And Lord brought them together, long story short. Um, and I came, and here I am. And um, we were there for most of my life up until almost three years ago, as I was mentioning. Um, and we had some stuff had, had arose at the church. And um, with that, we were asked to leave. And um, it did a lot. It did a lot to the family. Uh, we had served a lot. We loved the people. A lot of the people there also knew us knew that we loved them and so it was a very difficult time um i had people that had cut us off because of the situation um who some people have come back and started talking with us other people still won't give us the time of day so i pray for them i, I love them um and i know god will continue to help them my prayer obviously is that you know on the other side of this if i see you in heaven then hey you know god sorts out the rest that's that's what yep. matters we all make it home but um so in going through that uh i had my own journey that arose. Um, as I said, I grew up in church. My relationship with God um, truly began when I was 10 years old, was when I ended up giving up, giving my life to the Lord. Um, you know, growing up in church, you know the Bible, you've got Sunday school, and I could quote you the Bible forwards and backwards and tell you all about it. But it wasn't till I was 10, and it was uh, Easter Sunday, 2007, never forget. We had an Easter party going on. Um, and in the background kind of had the cartoon about the life of Jesus playing. And so mm. I'm here playing with one of my friends and it got to the part in the Bible where Jesus said, let all the little children come to me. 
And I'll never forget, I'm there playing with my friend, and I happen to glance up at the screen, and the picture that was on the screen was Jesus sitting there in a chair with a child in his lap. Mm-hmm. And over his shoulder, you could see the doorway with a line of children, you know, waiting to speak to him. And as I looked up there and I saw that for that split moment, God spoke to me. And he said, that's what I want with you. Mm. And that moment changed my life forever. Because first I was like, wait a second, God just spoke to me. Now I've always heard, you know, growing up in church, you hear people say, oh, God speaks to me. God speaks to me. This was one of the moments where I had that moment. Then my next thing is, why does he want to speak to me? Mm. I'm a 10 year old kid. I don't have much life lived. I've got a bunch more to live. Why is he wanting to talk to me? Then I've reflected on what he said. He said, that's what I want with you. And so again, I replay this picture of this child sitting there in Jesus's lap. And I begin to think, well, what was that child saying to Jesus? What was Jesus saying to that child? And as I looked on my own life, obviously not much of a life, 10 years old then. Yeah. But I begin to realize that I knew Jesus more like a sports figure. And what I mean by that, uh, I've shared this analogy, but I'll share it on the podcast yeah. as well, is it's like LeBron, right? You know, mm-hmm. no basketball. We, know, we all know who LeBron is, or at least know of him. And with LeBron, man, you can go online. You can check out his stats and Wikipedia. everything that he did, the high yeah. school he went to, the colleges and everything. Uh, even with Google, at least at this time, you can look up his address. And if you want to be creeper status, you could go to his house. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm pretty sure he's a nice guy. You could knock on his door and have a conversation. I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I wouldn't advise that for no. No, I'm not advising it. Yeah, please don't do this. By all means. Security. But hypothetically speaking. Yeah, you definitely you could. could. You could. You could if and, you wanted you know, to. If, if he didn't turn you away or... Mm whatever else, and he happened to hold a conversation with you, at the end of that conversation, somewhere around there, he's going to be like, okay, you know about me, mm-hmm. but who are you? You know, I see that you obviously did your research. Mm-hmm. You know what school I went to. You know my stats. You know my career. You know everything. You're even so weird that you came to my house because you <laughs> looked it up and found that out about me. But I know nothing about you. Mm-hmm. and. As I'm sitting here, I begin to realize that, you know what? I was that same way with Jesus. I knew his stats. I knew he was born in a manger. I knew his purpose, his disciples, all these things down to the line. But if I was sitting there in that child's lap, the thing that Jesus was speaking to me was, I want to know you. Mm. Now, obviously, you know, the creator of the universe knows us. Yeah. But, you know, the Bible says he's a gentleman, so he's not rude. That means if he was to come to my house, he's not going to barge in. I have to invite him in. And that was the moment where that's exactly it. I realized that, you know what, he was wanting to know me. Mm -hmm. And that was the day that I met with a living God that that changed my life even now, bro. Hmm. And um, because of that moment, uh, it, it set me. It it was a button. It was a switch that had gotten flipped. And, you know, you hear people say it, but I can honestly say it. I was forever changed. Mm. 
I had that moment, that God moment, and he revealing himself to me. I knew at 10 years old, I was like, I know he's real. Now, did that mean I was perfect after that? No. no. We're humans. Let's let's just be honest. You know, we're going to do it. We're going <laughs> to fail. It's just, it's built in us to fail, you know? But that portion of my life, that's where I began to seek him out. I begin to dig for a deeper relationship. Obviously, I knew surface level. Mm-hmm. But just like he said, he said, I want to know you. I want to have relationship with you. That's when I realized more than his stats, more than the information that I could dig up about him, I realized that I could have this personal one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. The prayers that I prayed as a kid was no longer to some God that I wasn't sure existed. No, he revealed himself to me. So now it was personal. He's now the conversation was going on where I could ask and I know he would speak to me, and I know he would reveal things to me mm-hmm. if I only asked. And that was where the revelation began to happen. So now, fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, the podcast is being recorded. I am now 26 years old. I just turned 26 um, here recently. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Appreciate it. Boy. Appreciate it. But um, in this time, now God has brought me so far. Mm-hmm. brought me through so many things um as i said being put out of the church that we grew up in most of our life um was a struggle for all of us you know my father met the lord and god sent him to that church and was there for about 30 30 some odd years of his life mm. and so that was kind of a rough thing but it it was a it was a shaker for all of us because we begin to realize that just as it says in his word, the the relationship that you have with God isn't the location. The church isn't the building. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he says, I do not abide in man-made houses, mm. but he abides in us. He says, our bodies are the temple of the Lord. So, you know, when you're in church, especially growing up in church and you're, especially here in the West, you know, over in America, oh, Western your, your, your natural mindset that you go into is, oh, church is, you know, just down the street. Yeah. Just at the corner or Let's go to church. Know, this, this location. And so when you hear church, you instantly program wise are like, oh yeah, no, no, that's, yeah, that's that church down there. That's this church over here. But according to what God's word says, it's not down there. It's in us. We are it. We are we his are. church. So then going down that line, you know what I'm saying? That's where you're like, oh wait, he abides in me. And then when you study out Jesus's example, he, I mean, if you read the Bible, there's not many times he was in the synagogue. Mm. He was only there at certain custom times, but the majority of his life and majority of his walk, he was in the streets. He was, you know, he ate with the tax collectors. He ate with the prostitutes. He prostitutes. ate with the outcasts. Mm-hmm. And part of the people that had a jade, you know, jaded view towards him was the people from the church it's the religious you know the religious folk now yeah. hold on hold on hold on before we get because you know we was about to we was about to slip and slide down that slide and we was going to get to the part <laughs> we was going to get to it's coming right but i want to take it back and i just want to like really like break it down a little bit because i feel like this is a very relatable part of growth and a very relatable part of especially people who who spend a lot of time in the building church and not like in the in the spiritual realm of themselves and church and fellowshipping with God. It's like, okay, so you said at 10 years old is when you gave your life to Christ, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. I commend, which I can be like salute and honor to you because I feel like that is so 
that is so great, right? For a 10-year-old to consciously be like, this is a living God, and this is someone that I want a relationship with, right? And I know God does things at, at different times. But um, anyway, you gave your life at 10 years old. 16 years later, you are where you are now. But you've experienced this Christian walk for those 16 years. Mm -hmm. And you've experienced church hurt from the people you've known to love you. I mean, help help me understand a little bit about how that went and what that process looked like about you being in the church, giving your life in church, and then that church turning around and hurting you. It's like, how do you come back from that? How do you keep... Because obviously your faith wasn't tied to the building. Mm -hmm. If you can get hurt by that church and they ask you to leave and now you're in a strong relationship with, with Jesus. It's just like, obviously it wasn't tied to a building. So help me understand, like just because I'm, I'm trying to draw a picture here. I like to imagine things. So just like help, help me create that picture of how it was to recover from something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. First you had to, you know, first I had to, it's mm -hmm. just, you know, make it, make it personal. Obviously this is what yeah. we're asking. Um, I had to reflect on why I was even in church. You know, obviously I was raised in church, you know, from, from birth practically, you know, I always have as far back as I can remember, I was always in church. Yep. And so where the hurt came from was, is where I took it personally. Um, because I'm like, I did all these things for these people and now they're doing this to me. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve this. Me, me, me. I, I, I. And that was the first thing that had to go. Because what I began to realize was this, what I was doing wasn't for me, it was for him. Mm. So my, my correlation is this, Jesus lived the life of an example. You know what I'm saying? His exampleship was how to have relationship with the father. His exampleship was, you know, my father's house is like. You know, and then he says, you know, if it wasn't so, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be telling you these things. So, you know, understand this is the exampleship, but then also not just speaking it, the walk that he lived was also the exampleship. And when you reflect and when I reflect and look back at his life, I begin to realize he was rejected by his own people. We, yep. we, we mentioned, you know, the religious of that time that they're there. They're the ones looking down their noses at him. Be like, who who do you say? Who are you to think that you could be this way? You're a Navarine. You know, head, you know? head tilt, head tilt, <laughs> hand sway. You know what I'm saying? All of that. Get that little sass. Uh, who, but the factor of is that they're like, who are you? Mm -hmm. And he wasn't even accepted by his own people. And here it was: is he didn't stop loving them. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact love that he had in the way that he viewed them there was no bitterness there was no hatred there was no hurt there was just love oh man and that's what god had to first deal with me he's like okay so did you do this because i you know in the time of doing it it wasn't about me yeah in the in the moment of serving these people loving these people you know laying your life down sacrificing time with family you know, personal things that could have been done to go love somebody, spend time, you know, people that we open up our house to, you know, most of my life, we had people outside of our family that were living with us. And I love those. Those are great memories we had as a family. 
But it was like all these people, you know, was it for nothing? And that's where God said, well, why did you do it in the first place? Mm. Was it for you to get recognition? Well, no. Was it for you to, you know, get a nice pat on the back and be like, hey, you know, yeah, these guys are awesome people for your name to get put out there and to get points in heaven? No. I did it. We did it as a family just simply because we loved God, number one, and we wanted to see these people make it. Mm. And that's what God had to remind me. Then he said, then why are you taking my glory? Mm. Why are you bringing that on yourself? You're like, they rejected me oh i did this i did this for them when according to what you just said to me you didn't do it for them you did it for me right so which one is it why are you upset then that was the point there well if if you did it for me then there is no obligation they owe you nothing and realize this if they reject you and you didn't do it for them you did it for me then who are they rejecting? Hmm. Therefore, again, why are you trying to make it about you when it's not about you, it's about me? It's kind of like that. <laughs> remember, uh, um, geez, it's, it's in Samuel, 1 Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like in the 1 Samuel and, and the people, the Israelites was like, they needed a king because they were scared of the the opposing kings and it was like they need a king and god was like well the lord was like you know i have you have a direct connection with me as of right now right it's like you don't need a king because you can talk to me you have ways to communicate to me but out of fear they was like we need a king and um geez i'm going to forget the name so it was samuel yep prophet yeah and he was like um god spoke to him and was like don't worry that the people aren't denying you they're denying me, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, still, I don't like the love. He was like, I'm going to give them, the, I'm going to give them what they asked for just so they realize it's not what they want, but I'm going to give them what they asked for. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, they're asking for a king, but don't worry about you. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't doing it for him. He was doing it for God. So when God came back to him, and was like, they're not denying you. Don't worry about that. They're denying me. And I, when you was talking about that, I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. There goes the connection, you know, just making it. Making it plain and simple, you know, we we don't I mean, do this. And I mean, it's it's throughout the Bible mm-hmm. when you look at the men of God that are obedient to God and what they went through. I mean, even to down to the factor of Jesus, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we forget the part that He was fully human. Yep. A lot of people are that He was fully human and fully God, but that the, the fully human part is the factor of He felt everything we felt. And if you don't believe me, then all you got to do is go to the prayer in the garden. All I mean, emotions. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you know, we read past that, and and uh, dude, I didn't get this revelation until I was like twenty three, twenty four, when God revealed mm-hmm. this to me. And He's like, you know, you, know, I have emotions too, and you're just kind of like, eh, you know, Jesus just did it because He did it. He's like, no, I felt it all. It's like, first of all, shortest verse we all know, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. So you know, in order to weep, there's got to be emotion, you know. But the other thing was this, we, and we <laughs> we, bro. I don't know how it took me this long to catch this one, but mm. it's the when Jesus is in the garden, right? He's sweating blood. Now, you know, you have a lot of people in church, they've heard that before. Well, you know, you can stress so much that your pores open up and it releases blood. So stop and think about that for a minute. Think about the level of stress. <laughs> well, 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 let's let's just think about that word. Let's think about stress. Let's think about stress. What is what is stress? Well, stress is worrying, 
is worrying about something you cannot control. Oh, I'm about to get on some anxiety people out there too. <laughs> about to free some people of that anxiety because they're <clears throat> stressing them bad boys be like, they be, they be hand in hand, I'm going to just say. But here's the thing, like that, that's the factor. Jesus, if he's sweating blood, mm-hmm. that's because from what the, you know, the doctors say and everything else, you can stress so much that you begin to bleed out your sweat pores. So here's the thing. Jesus was stressing. Stressed. He was stressing. Okay, then and it's like, well, you're just assuming that. No. He says it right mm-hmm. after the Bible tells you that. It says his prayer. He says, Father, if this cup could pass from me. Let it be. Take it from me. Or... That's it. He's saying, the, the layman's look, terms, if he knows what way. he's about to go through. Let's put this in context. <laughs> yeah. He knows that he's about to go through. This is last prayer, by the way. <laughs> and, yes. And he's like, dang, he knows he's about to be crucified. He knows the pain. He knows this. Hey, so you're talking about anxiety at this point? Oh, yeah. You're talking about Jesus experiencing a little bit of anxiety mm-hmm. along with his stress? Oh, yeah. So not just me, him too? Oh, him oh, too. Okay. Him right. too. Just make it show. Okay. And, okay. And, and, and here's, you know, here's the textual part. Mm-hmm. You know, in lame man's terms, he's like, shoot. He's like, do I got, really got to go through this? If any, you know, if this cup could pass me, Lord, if there be any oh, way, any way, I, I know I've prayed this prayer. Yeah. Lord, anyway, I could not go through this because I do not want to go through this. I'm looking at this, and that means I gotta die. This is gonna hurt. I'm going to. He's and, going to feel it. Oh yeah, he's going to feel it. But here's the thing: mm. is here's the other thought. Now this one's just a thought. This one's okay. not. But here's the other thought. He knows how it's going to be received. All that pain for people that won't even take it. It's going to be like oh, he didn't exist. Uh, he died. He's dead. If he was such a god, he's dead. Then you know why are we still here? And he's he's stressing, he's stressing. But here's where the most powerful thing comes in because of this. He was fully human and he felt every bit of that. He's feeling this way and he's like, Lord, these. I, do I need to go through this? Mm. Is this really worth it? And then he shows you how to defeat stress. How to defeat those moments. He says three powerful words. Nevertheless. So many people read fast and they just zoom through. Oh, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. No, 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 no. Mm. Nevertheless. What does that mean? Let's break it down. Never. What's not never ever. Mean? Not ever. Not ever. The is that, you know, that combining that, that, word you know, that puts it there. Is that action. Is yep. that action word. You're giving it some problems. Less. Means no less than. So he said, nevertheless, translated, no. Not the easy way. Then he says, not my will. Your will. Your will. That means what I want, what I feel, how I think, out the window. Mm Mm-hmm. Your will be done. That's the that's the that's the kicker, right? That's something to end the prayer off on, right there, right? But that's the example. Even there, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. You know, thy kingdom come. Yeah, thy will be, be done. done. Thy earth. will be done mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. You know, what I'm saying you get there, but it's all about His will. The thing about salvation and a life with Christ, Amen. 
and relationship with the father is realizing the first thing I gave up hmm. my rights. <laughs> this is up. not my life, not my plans, not my way. And that that's it. That's where it brought life to me. That's where, that's what pulled me out of it, where I've had people that have gotten, you know, that have left church, they've gotten church hurt mm-hmm. and they've grown bitter and then they've gone through divorces or their family's falling apart or they've got, you know, so much has happened and my heart goes out to them. I love them. I pray for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I pray that God can touch them there. And the blessing is being where we're at. Um, some of those people we've been able to run into and been able to pour back God's love and watch God even restore some of them and begin to build them. And that's been a privilege, but that's where it gets you is because of this is when you forget that it's his life Mm -hmm. and you forget that it's not yours. That's where you get hurt because now you take it personal because we're, we're emotional beings. We desire relationship. I mean, shoot, that's why social media is a freaking billion dollar industry because the thing is, is everybody's trying to get validation. They want validation. They seek these things. Now, here's the thing is the dopamine that it fires. They think that that's it. Now they're addicted. Now they're hooked, just like a drug yeah. addict. The same dopamine that the dope smokers got or, you know, the guy that's stuck in alcoholism mm-hmm. is or the dude stuck on pornography is the same dopamine that these people get when they post this, this thing and they get you so get many followers and in. so many likes yeah. is because of that, because. That's what we desire is to be desired. But the thing is, is this. Well, we desire him. Because he desires us. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is this. He, it's free. But the life exampleship we have to follow is Jesus. That means this, just as he said, not my will. That means every day that I live. It's not what I want. Now, you know, since that revelation, even before that, I prayed it, but there's a deeper understanding. Mm-hmm. Now when I get up, it's like, okay, Lord, what would you have for me today? What 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 am I going to do today, God? Not my will, but what do you have for me to do yep. today? And 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 learning to walk in that and honest honestly, that is the hardest thing to do as a Christian. Because of course. The Bible says it. We battle with we war with two members. What does that mean? Well, when you're born, you have a spirit mm-hmm. that you were born of because that's what you were born. But when you are born again, a new creation, a new creature, that also abides in you. So now you have the spirit that you were born with mm-hmm. by flesh and the spirit that you were born with by spirit. That, and the Bible says you one. have two members living in that one body. So what does that mean? That means this. You have one that's holy. And one that's of this world. And one that's not. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is the battle that you have is which one will you, the Bible says, choose you this day mm-hmm. whom you will serve. Yeah. That means this, will I serve Life. the flesh of this world mm-hmm. or will I serve the spirit of the Lord? Ain't that, he, he named that boy death and life. <laughs> and then, then he gave us the option and then he told us the answer. He was like, choose life. But then sitting and thinking about everybody that's living in the death. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. But, you know. But that, that like I said, that's where freedom lies. Uh-huh. Because it was then, first of all, I had to repent. 
And it's like, well, you didn't. No, I did. I took it to myself. I made it about me. Mm -hmm. And it was never about me. It was always about him. And that's where I was like, Lord, forgive me for taking what belongs to you. Mm. I gave you my life, and here I am being an Indian giver trying to take it back and say it's all you. When it was never me, because me, bro, I would screw it up. I The Bible says of anything good, it comes from God, mm-hmm. right? So with that understanding is this, bro, if it was me, bro, those people would be jacked up. If I was the one doing it out of my power, then them people are going to be far, you know, far crazy, lost out there in the wilderness. Probably dead. You'll be like, what's wrong with you? Well, uh, Seth said, yeah, well, yeah, there's your first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Well, you know, and, it is rooted a problem. And, but that's the thing. I mean, shoot, the, the very thing that the devil tempted even in the garden from the beginning mm-hmm. was, has God said? Did he really say? Like, he said all of these trees, but really this one? This the one he told you not to touch? Yeah. And I mean, he goes to Eve. Mm. The word went to Adam. Mm. He goes to the next one that, oh, that's hearsay. Oh, are you sure? You were there. You were there when God said that to Adam. Mm. You believe him that much. Nah. Come on. Come, come on. on. He's, he was just telling you that. Wait, you you're know? telling me he gave you all these trees and he told you not to eat from this one? Come on. And that's exactly it. It's to get you to question God. It's to get you. The, and the factor of is, is that was it. That was what happened when I got put out. When we got put out, that's a spot I had to fight. Was I there because this is where God had me? Uh-huh. Or was I there because this is just where I was and this is what we did? If I was there because it was just what we did, then no wonder I deserve to be messed up. Mm. But if I was there because that's where he wanted me, then that just means this is a new page, a new chapter, and he's beginning. called me to go somewhere else. This is a test of faith. And we're going to keep it pushing, right? And that that was it. When I, dude, like I said, when we, and and emphasis on we, mm-hmm. because this is this wasn't a struggle. And one thing I definitely, I'll, and I'll, I'll get back to that point. Mm-hmm. But when we as a family understood that revelation, instantly, God began to heal. God began to move. So quick backstory. Um, prior to us being put out, my father had been down eight years with a back problem. He was stuck in his recliner. He was not able to go to church with us. Mm -hmm. Um, our bathroom was maybe, you know, five feet down the hall or so for him to walk from his chair to the bathroom was painful. Mm. He couldn't even lay on his bed. He tried to lay on his bed one time and his legs went numb for like half an hour. So he was stuck in that recliner. And when I say God began to heal, we've been praying all those eight years. God's opened doors or whatever, but out of that, no miracle. Mm -hmm. The moment we began to settle that, God touched my father's back. Now, did that mean everything went away? That, you know, all all the things went away? No, people don't realize Healing is a process. Mm. That means this is you have the healing, the physical healing, because that's where the truth is acknowledged. Yep. But the thing is, is this, 
the other half of healing is are you going to hang on to the truth or are you going to let it be taken away from you? Are you going to accept the move in this? Or are you just going to... Or are you going to question it? Yeah, you're going to lose it. What, because the, you see this even with physical miracles, people that have genuinely gotten healed. It's like I watched them get out of that wheelchair. But here we are three months later and they're back in the wheelchair. Back in the wheelchair. And it's like, didn't... I saw you walk. You weren't supposed to do this. Why are you back in the wheelchair? Oh, well, it just wasn't... And it's like, no, I, I saw this. What do you mean it wasn't? No, what had happened is, is this. They accepted the healing, but then they bought the lie. Mm. The devil began to whisper and was like, no, you deserve to be in that wheelchair. Oh, no, your back still hurts a little bit. Your, your back still hurts. You, you see that pain? Oh, mm-hmm. that pain? No, there it is. There it's it is. You, you thought you were healed. You know, you thought so, mm-hmm. but no, 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 no. There it is. And now you, little by little, began to buy the lie. Mm-hmm. Now, here, where is my proof? You ready? Yep. Eight years later, nine years, right there and there, God began, you know, we went, God brought us to the Springs Church through some friends. And the first service we come to, mm-hmm. so we got put out right before Christmas. That was something. Um, yeah, crazy. Right. About to celebrate but, um, as a savior. and spent, Oh, yeah. Well, we spent Christmas down in uh, Clearwater with my grandparents. Okay. Um, so we came back, and as a family, we, we knew we needed to get connected. We knew we needed, you know, community. That That is definitely a thing, especially right now. Right now, the community that we were part of mm-hmm. wants nothing to do with us. Mm. So we have to find new community. You can't be isolated. Yeah. So with that, begin to pray, ask God. And as a family, we we began to just, just speak around. And God moved through a friend that went to church with us, um, had called us up and said, hey, you know, I love you guys. Know that y'all are still family. Um, but have you ever considered this church, the Springs Church? She's like, you know, one of my people, she she worked as a cashier. And she's like, I've had this consistent customer and that's where she goes. And it's a really good lady. And she's told me about this church. You guys should check it out. Having no clue, literally like 20 minutes before she called, we were invited by a couple friends that we'd knew, known previously mm-hmm. um, to go to that church. No idea. 20 minutes later, calls up. is like, hey, love you guys. Just know this. And uh, hey, you guys might want to consider uh, this church. I think it's called the Springs Church. Hey, bro, it was, Just it was crazy. Yeah, we, I, I don't remember if we told her or not, but I know we're sitting there in the living room as a family. And she said this. My, my mom's got her on speakerphone. Mm. And then we're all looking at each other as a family and we're just like, this is crazy. Well, like, okay, here we go. Well, there's, there's a little more confirmation. Yeah. So then we go there and uh, one of the pastors is preaching and he had preached on turning the page. Now, obviously going through this, we have family time. Now I didn't live with my parents, uh, but I literally lived across the street from them. Mm-hmm. So they lived in a little duplex and then right across the street was a two bedroom a uh, single bath house, which me, my brother, and um, uh, another friend of ours uh, at the time was kind of uh, going through some things, but he was living with us as well. Mm. And so, you know, we talk as a family. We had our own personal time. We've always had personal time of prayer and, and reading. That's something even as a child that was not not a taught thing, but as I said, when I got to know the Lord at 10 years old, I began to water that relationship even on my own. Yeah. 
So there are some things God spoke to us individually. And as a family, we sit down and talk things. And that's that's been our household. We talk things of the things of God. That's what's built a relationship as a family, but also a relationship with God and personal things. Um, so we came as a family and we shared scriptures and stuff that God was using to help each one of us and kind of where what God showed us. So we get there. Mm-hmm. The service is on turning the page. And the points were, um, don't ask why. You know, don't don't regret or something like that. Don't, you know, don't ponder on it. You know, don't don't let it bother you and move forward. And every scripture from the text to the supporting text were literally the scriptures that mm-hmm. God gave us as a family in the moments that we were going through. Like verbatim, each one mm. didn't miss a lick. This dude didn't know us, but the way this sermon was laid out, I would swear he was listening in somewhere. He was in the house. But that that was the confirmation. Yeah. That was it. That's where we're like, okay, God, obviously there, you want us to turn the page. That means this is you turning the page for us. Yeah. Is this, is are we going to hold on to the last chapter or are we going to step into a new thing? Mm. And lo and behold, we began to do that and God did a miracle. And what I was getting to is this, the healing doesn't stop when it's healed. It's choosing to buy the truth. Now, my dad, as of this day, is still healed of this back problem. He's been up since, look, dude, he was stuck for eight years in a chair. Let me tell you, after eight years of not being able to do anything for himself, literally within a month, redid the living room, Mm. redid my mother's kitchen. He was up and at it. Up and cutting the yard, mm-hmm. rearranging the shed, rearranging yeah. multiple things. He's there working on the truck. Could not do anything. He was in, in a month, no joke. Yeah. In a month, was doing everything. Yeah, that list made, bro. He, so, he had to come back. That was the thing. He, yeah. he was up and moving. He's he's feeling good now. You know, there's some days he would feel worse than others. We all have those days, and I mean, he's getting up there in age. Show. And there's other health things yeah. being worked out as well. Um, but the back problem. No, it was sore. He'd be sore because he hadn't used that back in eight <laughs> years, stuck in a chair, and now he's doing a bunch of stuff. Eight, of course, it's gonna be sore. Eight years is a is a lot but, of years. Oh yeah, man. but here's here's the thing. Okay, so he goes to the doctor to try and get off of disability, mm-hmm. and so doctor lady comes in and she's got the X rays and everything, and um, so she says, "Well, you're you know you're you're trying to get off, but according to the X rays." You shouldn't be moving like you are. You should still be feeling mm. the pain. According to what I have here, your body should still be stuck in that chair. And oh, these God. weren't these weren't old X-rays. These were as he's trying to get off. They had to run new ones and do all this stuff for checkups and everything. Mm. So that wasn't this old one that happened to get dropped in the file. No, that's the current. But God, current. That's the whole thing. And she's like, according to this, you shouldn't be. And my dad's like, well, that just means I serve a big God. And the lady kind of kind of rolled her eyes and shook her head. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He said, according to the x-ray that you are looking at in your own hands with your own eyes, I should be in that chair. But here I am standing before you. Mm. I'm on my feet. 
<laughs> and, we talk her face and to she face. she could not, you know, she couldn't argue with that. Yeah, she's like, well, okay, well, here's the thing. So, anyways, that that appointment happens, gets out. Well, my dad's persistent, trying to get off a of disability, wants to be able to go work and everything else. So it comes back another appointment, trying to get off a of disability. Mm-hmm. And so same doctor comes in and with the situation, she's like, Mister Hebner. I know I reacted the way I did when you said you serve a big God. And you know what? What you said, I cannot deny. And what is here, what I see before me, I cannot deny. But as a medical professional, I cannot release you from disability. She's like, not that you would, but I could get sued for malpractice. Mm -hmm. If you were to go and, you know, take your physical to get a job and they find this, they trace this all the way back to me. I could lose my license and everything else because according to what this picture says and what is seen, you should still be stuck in your chair. But because of the God you serve, you're not. But in a good conscience and the career that I have, I'm sorry, Mr. Hebner, I cannot allow you to be released from disability. That was when my dad stopped trying. He's like, well, praise the Lord. He said, I'll keep doing things. I'll keep loving people. And you know what? I'm getting paid by the government to do it. Yeah. You know, if this I got, hey, not my will. That's it. But, will, but again, back to the miracle. That's the thing. You have the people that, that guy that got out the wheelchair. Yep. Months later, back in the wheelchair. It wasn't the factor of this. No, God did the miracle, but you bought the lie. Mm. If my dad would have bought the lie of what that x-ray said, he wouldn't sure. be up. He would be stuck in the chair. But here he is. The x-ray is saying that, and he's up walking around. He's up moving. He's doing these things full of joy and able to be healed, not feeling the pain to where he couldn't get out of the chair and go to the mm-hmm. bathroom without feeling excruciating pain. Mm. Even to the embarrassing moments of even messing himself a few times. Mm. And that's humbling as a man. Yeah, it has to be. And so that's where healing comes. It doesn't come. It's not by what you see. It's will you choose to believe. Same thing with God. That's where God healed us and that transition was there. Is this, are you going to choose what you see and take it personal? Or are you going to trust me? Was it not done for me? Hmm. Then their issue isn't with you. Their issue is with me. So quit taking it personal. Let me handle it. Let me handle it. Don't let this control your life because it's not your life. It's my life. Therefore, what you went through wasn't for you. You went through that for me. That pain that you felt in helping that person, those tears that you cried, those late nights that you were up with these people, praying for them, or even just being a shoulder to cry on, just an ear to hear, or even... Sleepless nights Mm. because their car was broke down or they needed a brother because they were struggling or marital fights, whatever, whatever it was, these things that you had gone through was for me. Mm. And here's the thing. What you're going through now is still for me. And when that perspective changed, that changed me because now Christian, when I say I was like, I'm like a duck to water. It's that a duck can swim 
and you know it's feathers it's waterproof mm-hmm. that's why it's able to do that the water rolls off and that's what god was doing now when i go through things i don't take it so personal that you know you know that saying that people have it's like oh you know why take life so serious it, it's it's legit don't take life so serious when you trust god it's the factor of is this okay then hey Kings and kingdoms rise and fall. Oh, hey. You know what? You're you're freaking out about the way the world is going. Do you not realize that I am the one who created the world? Mm. I mean, I know you're in America. I know you're in the UK or the Ukraine or Russia mm. or whatever. But do you not realize that as my child, you are my ambassador? You know what that means? That means this, that even though you visit those countries, an ambassador is covered by the law of its mm-hmm. country. If an ambassador... Something happens to an ambassador when he is not in his country. You realize that is an act of war. Hmm. If something happens to that ambassador that is representing the country and he is not treated with the proper things, you have now you have now declared war. war. And it's the same thing with God's kingdom. We are his ambassadors. Why are we afraid? We're just passing through. And get this, if something happens to us, why are we taking it so personal? The war wasn't declared on us. It was declared on the kingdom. Which comes with spiritual strongholds. You know, when you get assaulted and somebody wants to curse you as a child of God, they better be very careful because when you know what you walk in and the authority that's given, their assault is not on you. Their assault is on the kingdom. And you know what? They might have you bound and you might be struggling and strapped down in an area, but you know what's coming for you? Hey. The heavenly special forces. Hey, that's why I'd be like, hey, hey, well, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you real quick. Hold on. Before you before you go a second further, hey, listen, listen, listen. You don't have to worry about me swinging. <laughs> but let me tell you something. The one coming behind me, hey, man, I don't think you want him swinging either. So <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to oh, just no. say, look, 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 look. Just don't do it. Don't do it. I promise you it's not worth it. Hey, look, we actually want you on the team over here. Oh, yeah. So, hey, just come join the team. Mm-hmm. Come love like we love. Let's just work this thing out. You know, just that's just a little the, the kingdom lifestyle. But it's just like, hey, bro, don't do not do it. Look, you don't want it. Not oh, no. for me. Not oh, no. I'm a, I'm a peaceful spirit. I'm a loving one. That's it. But you know what? My God, that, that kingdom, you know, he takes hey. it personal when you hey. put your hands on, on his people. Hey, do not touch my prophets. That's all I'm saying, man. And I, I've accepted my role. I mean, shoot, shoot. Look, 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 look. Hey, let's even go to David, right? You know, huh. David was called by God through the prophet, right? But you realize he didn't become king until he was almost thirty. He was thirty when he. he okay, so he was thirty. Yeah, he was thirty. He was thirty. So he got told as a teenager, sixteen, working in the field, that he was called to the throne. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until years later. That it happened. That he even he got there. That he was there. And if we're gonna talk about David, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, let, let, let me get to, about, about, get to take him quick. there. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Because okay. right, so, I'm about to. But, I was about but this to run portion it. there, when he was running from Saul, right? Uh-huh. And then he went in the cave, mm-hmm. and Saul happened to be camping in the cave, and David had the opportunity to kill him, knowing what God said, knowing the throne rightfully belonged to him, mm-hmm. and he cut the robe of Saul. And was convicted to the bone by God. So, so convicted. And God was the one that called him to the throne. But he was like, 
how dare you touch the man that I have there? Mm. And that's the same thing. Even people, I'm going to go this route too. Take it. Even those that are ambassadors themselves mm-hmm. realize this. We all are ambassadors for the Lord in this world. Mm-hmm. But our war and our enemies are not each other. We're not each other's and enemies. And the thing is, is when we begin to assault one another, just as personal as God takes it when we're assaulted by the country we're visiting or wherever we're at or whoever's doing that realizes he takes it just as personal. He calls when we attack our brother, our neighbor, our sister. We got a warfare going on within. How are we going to get to everybody else and we can't stop attacking each other? And that's it. That's it. That's that's where the church is hurting itself is mm-hmm. because, okay, we people have different standards. Yep. And the thing is this. By God, that isn't wrong. It isn't. God's created us all differently. It's like this. A parent has five kids, right? Yeah. You know, their relationship with all five of those children is completely different. Because it's not cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know, little Anthony isn't the same as little David. We got different. We got different needs. Different personality, different character, different way of thinking, different outlook. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the way I raised little Anthony and the relationship that I have with little Anthony, I can't just do that. And that's where you get parents. Why can't you be like your sibling? Why can't you? Hey, David, hey. why can't you be like Anthony? Not. And it's like, he's not. Just as Anthony can't be like David. No. They are two different people. The relationship that you have. Does that mean as a parent that you love all five of those? You know, you have one that's your favorite? No, no, no. You love all five of those kids the same way. If you're a good parent, you will lay your life down for all five of those children. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they are your kids. You love them. The same thing with God. For us to say that your relationship doesn't look like mine, therefore I must be the favorite, is absolutely wrong. That is ridiculous. It is the fact that it was this. Me and you are two different people. Yep. We function differently. We think differently. You, you know, in your own mind, think that you don't think so highly of yourself. And God says, hey, you need to sit down and be humble. And you're there reflecting, you know, um, what's the word? You're there projecting on me like I'm the one being prideful when, you know, behind closed doors, I'm the one that's beating myself up and the Lord's having to encourage me, hey, you need to rise up. Mm. You're thinking one way, but he's speaking another way. And it's like, that's what doesn't matter. Why don't you stop worrying about what they're doing and their convictions with God and do this? Do you not trust that God loves them the same? Hmm. Then, okay, they know God. I know God. The goal is this. Time is short. Why am I trying to correct my brother that knows God? I know this. The parent Hmm. will correct the child. Mm -hmm. I don't have to correct my sibling. My dad can do that. My mom can do that. So let me stop wasting time. And why don't I go to talk to somebody that doesn't know the parent mm-hmm. and introduce them to daddy? Bring them on. Bring them on home. It's like, man, don't you know? My daddy is your daddy. Realize yeah. that you were, you were, you were born of this earth, but you realize that he is the daddy of daddies yeah. and that he wants to be your daddy. Even if your earthly daddy was <laughs> something even, else, you know what I'm wasn't even existent, whatever it was. Uh, he the perfect daddy. Oh yeah. Listen, listen. Daddy of all daddies. He's a perfect father. It's just like, bro, he loves you like he loves me. Mm-hmm. He wants a relationship with you 
like he like he has with me. You know what I'm saying? It's just come on home, man. Oh yeah, bring it on home. And it was just uh, one thing. Um, I, I believe it was like a J Cole song or something like that. And I find it very uh inspirational. I don't know. It's just like he he was he was in the in uh in his song. He said, "What's the point of preaching what you preach to people who believe what you believe?" Mm-hmm. Y'all, we already on the same page, oh, yeah. right? It's not that we're trying to make people who believe in Jesus believe more in Jesus. Like we've got the message, we've gotten the gospel, we've received it, we've taken up our cross. Now we have to go get those ones who are lost, right? Oh yeah. And that's why I always like, I kind of like wrestle with a lot because it's in the fact of myself, right? Speak personally. I'm not like a real people's person, right? I, I can't just go out on the street and make friends with anybody. And it's very hard for me sometimes to even go out of my way to speak to the people that I know. So it's just like, but being in the position that I'm in and having the authority that God has given me, I know there's a responsibility that follows that, right? Mm-hmm. And I and me being, me trying to break out of that shell and preach the gospel or even tell people about Jesus and and the fact that he loves them and he wants a relationship with them so they can be in the spot that I'm in. And it's just like, I've been having a hard time um, breaking out of that shell and really like doing what God wants, uh, what what God has called us to do in different aspects though, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't have to be like a missionary. If if he didn't call me to be a missionary, there's no need for me to get on a plane and go to Africa and try to be something that he didn't call me to be. So in the same aspect, I I uh, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> in the same aspect, it's like it's like I have to I have to be in His will enough to understand where I play my role, mm-hmm. right? If it's not a missionary, if it's not going on a, the random the side of the street and finding that random guy, it's if it be this, if it just be the podcast and someone randomly hears the podcast or decides to listen to it, or they get a link from somewhere. This is a ministry all in its own. Mm-hmm. Once again, I don't know how we got here, but you let my brain go, and I'm it's just gonna go wherever yeah, we want to go. On, you know what I'm saying? Bro, it's gonna go. We, we got we got a lot to do, but you, you know how it rolls, bro. We <laughs> yeah, roll. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna go either way. But I just I'm um I don't know. I feel like this is more more so catered to to the Christians and the people in the church. The fact that we are called, but not all to the same place, mm-hmm. like. There's going to be people who have who have that delivery that that communic that communication gift that can stand up on stage and preach God's God's word and inspire and not only inspire but correct some people in their their ways and that's going to be their ministry that's going to be what they what they do there's going to be people who can do outreach who can go out on the streets and talk to strangers and and evangelize to them and, and be like hey there's this God that loves you and he wants a relationship and they're going to come to Christ through that person right mm-hmm. but if that's not your strength don't Cause for the longest, I beat myself up over the fact that, oh, you can go do this, this, and that. But if somebody's on the side of the street and you're supposed to love your neighbor like you love yourself, and you know that you love God and God loves you, but you're not going to go tell them that. And I beat myself up for it the longest because I just felt, bro, I'm not built like that, right? Mm-hmm. That's just not in me to do it. But um, in hopes to free someone else from the fact that you know God gives us different, there's different ministries, right? To that single mother out there raising those kids, that's your ministry. You have however many souls God's blessed you with to take care of, to raise up. Mm-hmm. Bro, you have kids that have potentials to change the world. Oh, yeah. That is a ministry of its own. Like, bro, that is so significant. And it can be, like, seem as so, so less by 
the culture, right? By by the fact that you don't run a business. No, you have kids. You don't, you're not an owner of this, this, and that. No, you have kids. Like these people that God has entrusted you with their soul to bring up in such a in, in a right way, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But um you, they they trample over it and make it seem like something less. It's just like there's a ministry for everything out there yeah. and just to find it. Well, and the thing is, is we get so caught up in numbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our society, we always think that the more you have, the more successful you are. Mm. And the thing is, is in actuality, the kingdom's number system is completely different. Mm. The kingdom is more so about quality than it is about quantity. Got to be the lowest of the low. Well, you have the creator of the universe sends his son down to be a human. Right, what a downgrade! What a downgrade! And 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 here's the thing: is the son himself was at the right hand of the father from the beginning. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like miss that. A lot of people. A lot of people because you you read the Bible and and people kind of get confused on this portion where they're like, well, you know, Jesus is God in the flesh. Yes and no. Come on, because he's the son of God, Mm -hmm. and. If you go back in Genesis and you Where read through that, it Wait. says that the son was there mm. when God created. He said, image of the who? Earth. The image, image of God. He said, let's make man, man in the in image of us. Our, our image. image. So here's the thing. Who is he talking to? He's not talking to himself. Our singular? Exactly. And then he's, he even mentions it later on. He's like, I was there in the beginning. In I the beginning. saw these things. So what does that mean? That means the son was there from the get-go. Well, mm. who was the son? Well, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was in him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The word was with God mm-hmm. and the word was God. Was God. He is the living word. The son Mm-hmm. is the living word because therefore with that acknowledgement there's a reason why jesus called us brothers and sisters mm-hmm. why because we all including himself were created in the father's image you know i thought interesting and maybe it's just me being a little slow and then if it be so so be it the fact that the galaxy revolves around one thing well, the fact that our universe revolves around one thing. Mm-hmm. Each one, ha- it revolves around. How how blatant is it that all of the planets that we know to exist revolve around one thing? And it just so happenly to be called the sun. Sun. S-U-N. And, come on. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. And our relationship with our creator hmm. revolves around the S-O-N. The sun. It's the fact that it was this. Is in order for this galaxy or um, this solar system to function, it has to revolve around the sun. Does that mean the sun is the sole purpose of this galaxy or uh, excuse me, this solar system? No, it's not the sole purpose. Mm-hmm. It itself brings light to the other planets. Otherwise, they would be cast into darkness. Darkness. Ooh. He what does that light? mean? That means. The sun, S-O-N, 
mm-hmm. sent down from the Father was there to bring light. Mm. So we could see on our own little planet, we like to call our own personal lives. But it wasn't to worship the Son. It was to worship the Father that created all of us. Mm. And to have relationship with the Father that created all of us. That the Son, and and even here's a crazy thing, the Son itself is a ball of gas. Fire and brimstone. Fire, right? Yeah. And you realize that as long as it burns, it's sacrificing its own self. Mm. But it's going to get to a point where it will no longer be able to burn and there will be utter darkness. Mm. And that it, it's crazy, bro. Bro, you just told me that. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Creation around us only repeats the same story that we read in the Bible, you know, from the trees to the grass to the microorganisms to the sun. Everything repeats the relationship that we are ought to have and we are able to have with the Father. <laughs> and it's bro, we 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 better back away from no, this. Bro, 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 listen, I had like five points in my head and I was like, but do we really like to the people who are listening, I was just I was thinking like, do we really have the audience to take it to where my brain wants to take it right now? But then I was like, you know, and not my will, God, not my uh, will. No, 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 but no. Your will. I mean, maybe, maybe down the road, I Bro, think it'd be. There's it definitely right going to be another one. There's, there's right going to be another one. Oh, yeah. It's going to be deeper, right? But, but we, we trying to, trying to, yeah. We, we, right yeah. now, we're trying to introduce it. We can't, we can't. I mean, as much as we like to, you know how our friendship was. Bro, first it, off, <laughs> this, this is how our conversations go. Like. The only thing that changes this and and what our regular conversations be is the fact that these mics are in front of us. If these mics were not here, the conversations would go the same exact way. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, for those that don't know, uh, none of this is scripted. Not nothing. There is there is no like he doesn't have no paper with <laughs> kind of a guidelines of okay we're gonna kind of stay around this topic like this is literally just us talking. This is off the hip. This is how we do, um, it. and this is you know this, hey. Mask off, everything out, bro. This is how our friendship is. And me and him have talked about this before, and I'll share with you know our listeners here. Um, but I'm grateful to the friendship that I have with Christian here. Um, you know, going through what I went through, obviously, you know, God is enough. God is enough. Yes. If you were stranded on an island, God is enough. But the thing is, is God created us for relationship. And so it is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Imperative, important, necessary. Important. Uh, yeah. Uh, you said, the, I like the first one. Imperative. It's very imperative. Imperative. Yep. That word. It is very imperative for us to have meaningful relationships in order to survive. And it's, it's proven. I mean, one of the things, when you go to prison and you have somebody that's put, um, and punishment and they isolate them. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when somebody gets isolated like that, they start to go crazy. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> it's fine. <laughs> but, We're here. 
when people get put in uh-huh. isolation, you begin to go crazy. You start talking to yourself. You start you're, talking to the trees. You're lonely in there. You start playing with, uh, excuse me, go down this right. <laughs> yeah, some of them start playing with their own feces. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm saying? You, okay. you You start to get crazy. And that's the same thing. We think that we can function in life without friends. And you wonder why people are going crazy. I mean, shoot, look at it this way. Here, here, here's a thought. This is just a thought to throw out there, right? When it comes to friends, um, you know those mean old people. I love old people. Number one, I, I've, I have got some of the best relationships I have are with people far older than me. I yeah. love in their grandparents and these things. I love it because obviously, you know, love to talk. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but I always love to glean. It's neat to hear the stories of what they went through or, you know, how their lives evolved or, you know, for the married couples that have been married for years, you know, how they met one another. Um, Like, and I won't share their names on the podcast, but there's a couple in our church and they got married literally off the whim. Like he just joined the Marines Mm -hmm. and she was trying to go, she was getting ready to go off to college his buddy in the Marines happened to be her sister's husband. And so he was hanging out with his buddy. They happened to meet, meets, meets the, the sister and is like, okay, cool. And she mentions to him, hey, we should get married. Just, you know, you're, you're, you're in the Marines. It's going to be there. You know, it's beneficial for you. Mathematically, you'll get the stuff there. Yeah. Um. Because of that, you know, it would be able to help the college and everything like that. We should get married. Literally, it was nothing. It was just, it was just no, nothing. Not no love. Well, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. None, none of this burning. Yeah. And, and she wasn't ugly. Please, yeah. please get that. No, very beautiful couple, both of them. Um, their pictures. He's got pictures of them uh, at that age, and it's like they don't even look the same. It's crazy. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, great couple. So it wasn't nothing like that. And he's like, he said no. He said no. Respectfully. Um, but then he gave it some thought and went back and was like, hey, so um, you know what? I think we should. And they're still married to this day. Their grandparents Boy, have grandkids in, in the church. You tell me I don't take all this three years to get to know you? You, you, you tell me I don't <laughs> well, take... Well, they didn't do that. Oh, they were just strangers that oh. met in the moment. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. The... You know, the, the sibling that was married to his buddy, they ended up getting divorced a few years after that. Mm. But him and her are still happily married. So you're telling me marriage works. Mm. So if the divorce rate is so high, but we have stories of people being married to this day, you know, people having faithful and long lasting marriages that it may not be the fact of marriage not working, but the fact of people not working. It's this, it's this factor coming back to where I was going off to that story Uh is friendships is relationships. Hmm. It's having that, that's how much we need relationships. So many people get into a relationship for what they can get and they put it at this standard and it's like, Oh, well, their standard, they label it as love. Yeah. Okay. They put the label of love on it. It's like, oh, I love them. Oh, you know, they make me feel some type of way when it's not love at all. Hmm. 
it's it's conditional. It's about them and how they feel. The moment they don't feel that way, they're gone. Infatuation is cool. Infatuation don't last you thirty eight years, though. I tell you no, that right no. now. No, no. Infatuation, <laughs> you you get fed up, you get tired. But that's that's the that's the part of it is the beautiful thing about a friendship. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my chest is. It's we had, we right. had breakfast we, earlier we together, and uh, that's another reason why great. you should know this. Not scripted. <laughs> we just came off eating, and then we were just like, "Hey, bro, let's just set up the mics and go at it. Let's just do it." So oh, yeah, here it we was are. great. Famous Amos. I don't know how how far the listener base goes, but Famous Amos down in Jacksonville, Florida. Y'all should definitely check it out. Yeah. It has been here for a while, and it's still kicking to it's, this day. They a little bit of everywhere, you know. They be here and there, everywhere. But but uh, definitely check it out. But back on topic. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Anyways, this was not a paid sponsorship. No, right? not paid. <laughs> only if, only if, right? Uh, Famous Amos not but, um, checks. But the relationship. Is that is is no 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 because you know we all have opinions we all have these things mm-hmm. we're all different people, and the beautiful thing about a relationship is the fact that we can set aside our differences, and find where we are able to be alike. Yeah, and where we help one another is from our differences, because where we're different gives us a different perspective, and so what happens is this is where I enjoy because you know. I enjoy our friendship and I have, you know, I have a good handful of friends, but I always enjoy the open friendships where we're able to talk this way because it's fascinating to me to know that somebody doesn't think the way I do. Yeah. Refreshing in a way. It, it, it is because there's times I can get stuck in my own head and it's just like, you know, you get stuck in a rut and then you go crazy. Hence isolation. Yep. People, when they don't understand things, they begin to isolate and I understand needing some time. Like I'm a person like, Sometimes I need space. I need some alone time to process it because I'm just like overwhelmed with the amount of information this brain is gathering and I cannot, you know, get a clear picture of what's going on. Yeah. And I, you know, that part is good, but isolation to remain in isolation isn't. No bueno. That's where relationships come in because now it's like, okay, I've caught, I've finally got this information gathered on what's going on. Now I need to talk about it. Yeah. I need to talk about it. It's like, you know what, Christian? Bro, <laughs> and this is this is exactly how our things go. So, like, Christian, bro, really good friend. I know I've said this earlier, but here's yeah. here's how our relationship is. Me and him, when we don't talk, we don't talk. Simple. And then when we talk, we talk. We talk. So it's funny. We'll mm-hmm. have we'll have a couple days or whatever where we get to talk, and then it could be two weeks, three weeks, month and a half. And we we might even just see each other in passing at church. We'll give each other a hug. Keep on going. But he's still my friend. Like our hey. relationship, he's hey. he's he's the realist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I can use that word. <laughs> he's, he's the realist. It's my thing is this is I know this. If I can call up Christian at any time, I know the joker will answer, or if he can't, he's gonna respond and be like, Hey, what's going on? It's and vice vice versa. versa. I'm about oh, yeah. to say. And vice versa. It's, and so it's just I, like but that. I appreciate that. But that's the thing is, is that difference is like, even though we don't talk, you know, all the time mm-hmm. that having that there's a comfort and knowing, Hey, I have a friend that, you know, if things are going crazy, I can bounce those things off. I can get a different perspective. And I think that also speaks to not only relationships, but like, the vulnerability inside of a relationship Mm -hmm. because you can be with somebody and still be alone. You can be with someone and still have thought or 
these these ways in your head that they know nothing about. So I think a lot of thing, a lot of the time with our generation that we live in now, it's like everyone has like friends. Everyone has like these followers. Like we talk about social media realm of things, right? Mm-hmm. We know all these people, but we don't know them. So it's just like we see your pictures, we see what you're doing in your life, but at home, the inside of your mind, the thoughts that are roaming in your mind is tearing you apart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like we have these friends, but our friends don't really know what we go through. Our friends don't know what's in our minds or what we think about. And that's why I'm so thankful for the group that we have because we have vulnerability inside of our group, right? Mm -hmm. Inside of the relationships that we have, it's like, I know I'm not alone because I have people in my life now that if something comes to my mind and something's bothering me or I need to talk about it, I have a group that I could be vulnerable with. I have my wife that I could be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. I can lay out what's happening in front of me so I know that in no aspects can I be found alone. Yeah. I have my physical relationships. I have my emotional relationships. I have relationships where I could be vulnerable. I have relationships where I can cry if I need to cry, vent when I need to vent. And in no aspects can you find me alone because not only do I have friends, but I have God, right? But God gave me my friends. So I feel like it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a gray area. Oh, no, no, no. It's an ecosystem. Yeah. It's a you know back to the solar system. Yeah. <laughs> there's more than just the sun and the earth in the solar system. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other planets, and they they are crucial because again, the gravity, mm. the gravity from that we have on Earth comes from partially the sun mm-hmm. and the moon that revolves around our Earth. Hey, that's something. The fact that the moon revolves around the Earth mm-hmm. and that affects gravity. And that keeps us in balance. Like affects, but then you have tide, the low tide. other, yeah. Then you have the other planets that it's relied on one another for its balance in the solar system. Mm. And if it's shifted too far one way or too far the other, we all just fall. We are all just fallen. Ain't that something? And that's that's the relationship. It's the factor of is this is no the relationship is to keep you in balance. Mm. The relationship is to keep you grounded and rooted to keep you in gravity's field because when you lose relationship, you therefore are spinning off and floating away. What happened to Pluto, man? (laughs) (laughs) He's somewhere back there, man. We hope he's still doing good, man. Somebody go check up on Pluto, bro. (laughs) Give him a call. Send him a care package, something. He out there spinning up something. I mean, see, again, there goes God's creation is saying exactly what we're saying mm-hmm. is that is the relationships that you have with people is what's to keep you in balance. Yep. Just like that. I love older people coming back to that essence, but you know, the hard thing to see is an older person that they, their friends have died off or they have mm-hmm. no friends. And then what happens is they get frustrated and then they begin to get cranky. Right. Yeah. So then that's where you, you know, you always hear the joke, you know, with young people is like, oh, get off my grass. Like, well, <laughs> you know, why are you doing this? These kids these days. Yeah. And part of the reason is if you go back and you look at it is because they've lost sight of the value of people. Because they lost, you know, they lost some close friends if they had any mm-hmm. or they lost a close spouse. And because they didn't continue that chain of friendships and relationships. Now here they are, 70, 80-something years old and alone. It's lonely. And now because of the loneliness, that's where some of them even drive away their own family. Because you know what? They got caught up in that and they isolated themselves so much 
that, you know, family had no room to speak to them. You always you had a negative view. You couldn't do that. So now your family doesn't even want to visit you because you're holding on to something and you have nobody, you know what I'm saying? To where it's like the value of a friendship is this, is you know what? Somebody can tell me, somebody I don't know can say, hey, you're an idiot. It means nothing to me. You don't Fair know enough. me. You can think what you think, <laughs> yeah. right? But you know what? A close friend, close friend calls me an idiot. That's going to hurt. What do you mean by that? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's like, like, what are you saying? And that's that's the benefit of a friendship. You know what? When you cross paths in life, people can call you things. Just because you don't know them doesn't mean that they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You have no way of knowing that because you don't have friends. To where I can go to my friend and be like, dude, am I really being an idiot? Or is this... To where my friend is being like, no, bro. The way you're acting, that's very idiotic. Mm-hmm. You, you, you do come across that way. And I'm your friend. I love you. That's why I'm telling you this. To where it's like, oh, now I have a guideline. Again, back to the balance. Now I have a balance. Oh, I'm leaning too far to the left. I might need to kick a little more to the right. Yep. Otherwise, Bring if I up. keep leaning to the left, I'm going to fall over and fall off balance. And that's the benefit of it. Or it goes the other way around. Hey, you're an idiot. I go to my friend. Hey, am I an idiot? No. No. <laughs> Simple don't, as don't, that. Don't mind with them. They had a bad day today, bro. No, you're, you're doing good. They don't know you. And it's like, hey, appreciate it, bro. I just needed to know. Mm-hmm. But that's the benefit of friendships to where, okay, now these checks and balances, either they didn't have them to begin with or over time, friends pass away, things happen. And things didn't get maintained. Well, now they're stuck, and all the only opinion that they trust is their own. And how messed up that is! Oh yeah, and it, and again, true. you're you're here surrounded by people, but you're in isolation. Lonely. To where Lonely. this is this is the beautiful thing because God created creation to have relationship. Obviously, mm-hmm. to have relationship with Him, He created Adam. He created man to have relationship with Him. What did he, What did God and Adam do? The Bible says they walked and talked. Yep. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me God created all of this yep. just so he could walk and talk with me? Why not? <laughs> it's why like, not? yes. As a matter of fact, you know why we have to work in order to survive? Because of sin. Mm. Because we were thinking about ourselves. Mm. Well, people are like, well, because of Eve. No, no, we all have a part in this. You know, the Bible does say, does say, right? That Adam asked Eve, isn't this the fruit? Did God not say? You know, there's one scripture that, you know, says that he just ate. There's a different Mm -hmm. part, but you keep reading and it gets to a point where he's like, Adam Mm -hmm. said, is this not, you know, did God not say? Yeah. But then he ate it. Why? Well, here's the thing, you know, gentlemen, stop blaming her because. Mm -hmm. He was the guy that knew what God said and did it anyways. Oh, and don't be holding that Jada's eye because how many things do you do that you know what God says and you don't do, but you don't do it. And you wonder why your girlfriend, your fiance, your wife, your marriage is struggling hmm. because you, just like Adam, you what are choosing what you want over what God says. And that's the thing. The balance comes from relationship, proper relationship. Because if that was in order, 
when that happened with Eve, you know, if Adam didn't eat that fruit, he could have redeemed Eve. Because God spoke to Adam. I was about to say that. And when God came back, walking through the garden, he said, Adam, where are you? Yep. Hmm. Adam. The redemption comes from obedience. And where there's grace is the factor of is this, is you know what? If I told you something directly, right? Mm-hmm. But then somebody heard it from you. You know, obviously you're 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 relaying what I said. Yeah. There's still grace for them because they still didn't hear it directly from me. So for you to do it, I'm gonna take it personally because I mm-hmm. told you face to face, yeah, hey bro, don't do this. For that person to do it. I have more grace because it's like, no, you didn't know. Well, then they could respond. Well, Christian did tell me. Yeah, but I didn't tell you personally. Mm -hmm. So there's a little more grace. Now, you know, from my own mouth, don't do it again. That's where it is. Where do we see that in the Bible? You ready? Go for it. The woman caught in adultery. Mm. Threw her before Jesus, right? Break it down. Break, break that down. Okay. Let me hear it. The, the, you know, the Pharisees caught, as they said, we caught her in the act. Mm-hmm. By law, she should be stoned. Yep. Jesus' response. You, without sin, cast the first stone. Goes to writing in the sand. Looks up. And the only one standing before him is the woman. And his question was this, woman, where are your accusers? She said they're gone. Now here's the thing. The statement he made to them, he who is without sin cast the first stone. The only person that was by law, by the law that they live by, Mm -hmm. able to in the right and had the right to was him but he said after that when she said they're gone he said then I neither accuse you then he says go and sin no more to where this if Adam because as we know and when we study that Jesus is the second Adam yeah the woman sinned, but the second Adam didn't because of his sacrifice, we have redemption. You see the, the correlation there? The thing was this, the I'm first, to pick it up. yeah, the first Adam sinned. Why? Because he was disobedient. Mm-hmm. The second Adam was obedient. And the second Adam didn't have to get given in Eve because we are the bride of Christ. You know what that means? Who else did Adam have relationship with during that time? It was Adam, Eve, and God. 
the only person he could have relationship with was Eve. There was no one else. They didn't have children. There was nobody else. Now, you know, this is speculated or whatever that there's yeah. other people, but they weren't around him. It was just him, Eve, and God. Uh, now, here's the thing. Let's sneak. We are the bride of Christ. You know what that means? If he's the second Adam, that means all of us. We're the sin. We're the Eves. <laughs> We are the Eves. And here's the thing. All of us walked around Jesus with sin. Mm. All of us had sin. And here's the thing. The Bible says he was tempted the same as we are. You know what that means? That means that fruit was being brought to him every day he walked this earth. Every time I we, we talk about like, the story of Jesus. I try to remember what it said, like the pride of life, the pride of something, and the lust of the eye. It's just like the three sins. Like all the sins, you could kind of like boil them down to those three. It's like either the 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 lust of the eye, the pride of life, or the something else. You know, it's just like oh, money falls under the pride of life or lust of the eye. You got that? You know, it's just like our greed. If we're talking about our, our sexual sinful nature than the lust of the eye. You know, it's just kind of like mm-hmm. all the greatest of sins can be boiled down to these three things. And Jesus literally in the desert went through those three things, mm-hmm. you know, like when the serpent but, told him for the bread. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, that was directly brought to him. Yeah. But his walking every day with us, it was still presented to him. You know what I'm saying? He's human. He was human brought into a sinful world. To save it. Exactly. Think about that. To save and, it. But that that's the beauty of it right there. Mm-hmm. You know what? If Adam chose to be obedient to God, Eve would have found grace and redemption. It mm-hmm. took God having to send the second Adam to love and be obedient to bring redemption all of us that are his bride that are his eve so would you say there's more of a there's more of a, a harshness or there's more of a, a what is the word i'm looking for it's kind of like standard or outlook or there's more of a a pressure not, not much of, it's not even pressure because we know that his, his yoke is is uh is light so i mean is there more of a responsibility that comes for men that walk with God. How would you respond to a statement of that? The Bible says we stand before God mm-hmm. and give an account of our lives. Everything we do. The way God created mankind, mm-hmm. human being, even in when we look at the solar system, there's an order that it lays out. If it falls out of order, it doesn't work. And when God created mankind, he created it with an order. He created our relationships with an order. So what I'm getting to is this. He creates you know, the heaven and the earth and everything. Then he creates Adam. Okay. Yep. Boom. When he created Adam, he created him for one reason. To have relationship with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was number one. Dang it. Yep. 
<laughs> like we both smacking the mic actually. Yeah. So that was number one. Yeah, yeah. I talk with my hands and we don't have yeah. any videos, so you can't see this. It's coming yeah, soon. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. Just <laughs> but anyways, so that was point number one. He created man to have relationship with him. There's the first line of order. The second thing was this. After Adam was created, he gave Adam a job. Yep. He told him, name the animals, name the creatures, these things there. So that was his job. His yep. crew, what he was created for was a relationship with the father. The second thing he was created or he was given a job by the father to go name the animals and name what was created. Now, here's the funny thing, by the way. I'm just going to throw this one out there as a nugget. Um, isn't it funny that the creator that created all these things had his creation name it? You know, when an author writes a book mm-hmm. and they're describing a place, right? They wouldn't give their character the ability to name the place. Mm-hmm. They name the place and describe the character. But it's funny that God creates the place and gives the authority of naming the very place he created to the character that he created. Okay. So that, that's kind of funny okay, right yeah, there. Yeah, I'm following you. And, I'm following um, you. That ties into something else, <laughs> but we'll keep okay. rolling. So with that, okay, so, you know, number one, uh-huh. created for a relationship with God. Number two, God gives you a job. Yep. Your job is this. Let's let's put it more of our terms today. You know, we think of a job and say, hey, this is what I got to go nine to five, whatever it is. This is what brings revenue, puts bread on the table. Realize this. The job that God gave Adam had nothing to do with Adam's survival. God took care of Adam. Mm. He didn't have to worry about the food. He didn't have to worry about his next meal. God had that taken care of. So therefore, the job wasn't out of necessity for stuff that he needed. The job was something that God called him directly to do. Mm-hmm. And that job was to name his creation. Okay? Yeah. Then, all this is going on. Some time has passed, okay? Then God is the one that says... That Adam was lonely. It's not good. Only thing he said that wasn't good. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. You didn't hear that complaint come out of Adam's mouth. Nope. It was an observation by the creator. Mm. Then, on the scene comes Eve. Now, here's the thing. The order, again, relationship with God. Number two. The job that God gives you, mm-hmm. and it's not one that's for your means and that's about your survival. No, 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 no. God takes care of your survival. That's yep. relationship with God. Relationship two is the calling that God puts on your life. A calling is more of what it is to these days, what we would call it, because a job people would relate to the pay. Yeah. No, no, no. God gives you a calling. Yep. It has nothing to do with your survival. The calling isn't about your survival. The calling is this is what I feel led I need to do. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what about this? And, you know, that doesn't pay much. That doesn't matter. This is what God called me to do. If I don't do this, I'm out of order. I'm being Mm -hmm. disobedient. 
Thirdly, God creates the woman. And she was created for relationship with him. Now we're going to get back to the solar system. You ready? Okay. I'm here. You have the earth yep. was created to revolve around the sun. The moon was created to revolve around the earth. Now both of them together revolve around the sun. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is this. The moon contributes to the tides on the earth, right? Mm-hmm. Realize if the moon wasn't there, the earth would be nothing but full of water. It would be drowned. Mm. The relationship between the earth and the moon is very particular. And none is more important than the other. That's the order of God. God created Eve for Adam. Well, the thing is, is this, he saw that he was alone. Yes, he had a relationship with God. That part was there. That, that part was fulfilled. But God realized that relationship with me, his creator, his father, is not enough. He needs a companion. Mm-hmm. He needs someone to help him balance. Without that relationship, he is flooded. Mm. And what the wife was, what the woman is to the man, is she's that balance. Yeah, I agree. To where, you know what, if the guy's a little bit too aggressive in the ocean, she's like, hey, 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 you might need to dial that back. Bring it you back, know? Son. Bring it you got to be a little bit softer. You could, you could do better than that. Mm-hmm. Or he's a little bit too soft, and it's like, hey, I love you. I need a backbone. Like, don't, don't, don't take that. Stand up. Push back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're better than that. Don't. Don't buy the lie. And that's the balance. And together, they had a relationship with one another and a relationship with the Father. Now, here's the thing, okay? Mm -hmm. When Eve came onto the scene, did it change Adam's calling? He had a job to do. That's the order. Mm. When you follow God, you have relationship with God. He places a calling in your life. Now you pursue that calling as you're being obedient and you're walking with God and you're walking in the calling. God's going to bring you a companion. That companion is there to walk alongside with you. She's one that helps you balance. Yeah. Your battery's low. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. It's the one that helps you balance mm-hmm. in your calling and helps to keep that relationship going. And there's the balance once again because God creates that relationship, okay? You have yeah. the earth and the moon, but then you have the other planets that keeps the distance, which is very important. Very important. Too Just close, as much. Too close, enough. too far. Those are the things, and that's all of creation reflecting even us. Our relationship revolves around the Father, which means relationship with the Son. Mm-hmm. Therefore, being obedient to the calling that the Father created us to have. The calling that we have is not for us. 
the calling is for him. Mm-hmm. He takes care of us. And lastly, the relationship with a spouse. God brings that there. That doesn't become the center of your life. The earth doesn't revolve around the moon. No. The moon revolves around the earth, and together they revolve around the sun. Mm. And that's the beauty, that's the importance of what's going on, is our relationship with God. That's why, back to the first question you asked me all the way at the beginning, Mm. going through that transition, what I had to go through, God had to remind me, I don't revolve around them. My relationship is with the Father. Therefore, everything that I did, everything that I went through, wasn't for my existence. It was for his existence that he be glorified. Mm. And because of that, I'm able to have peace because I know it's not about me. It's always about him. I feel like, not because I'm better dying, but because it's, it's a, it, it was kind of like a full circle moment. And I feel like it's a great place in our form. But here, I like to always make room. First off, thank you for all the wisdom that was just spewed, all the examples that you've given, and just the talks with this. This is, like I said, this is me and stuff. This is the conversations that happen. And as I'm sitting here and I just, I'm like playing back on everything and, and really like taking it in. And God's just showing me like there's different relationships that I have and there's different reasons. And it's just like, as I did the, the Eli and the Clayton. But then when I come with you, it's just like, you. I just got to sit down and listen. There's not much talking that I can do. It's just like, this is, this is where I get led. This is what I can take things from. And I'm, I can give where I can give, but for the most part, I sit and I listen when Seth's talking and I just take it all in. But uh, for the people, um, they'll hear it. They'll know it. But it's just like, you really just got to take in and, and listen to what you're saying. So for, so thank you for everything you said, all your wisdom. But I like to make sure at the end that you can give your message to the people. So there's one last thing you could just tell the people. Let's hear it. One last thing. I I just need your closure right here. Just, just tell me one last thing. If you were to leave off and you want the people to know one thing for sure, hit them with it. One thing for sure is this Mm -hmm. is love is most important because if you understand love, you'll understand the rest. Mm. The Bible says love is patient, love is kind, long-suffering. Go down the list. Everything in that list has nothing to do with how you feel. It has everything to do with what you choose. It's a sacrifice. And when you understand love, that's my thing. Pursue love. You pursue love the way the Bible says to, the way God says to, then I guarantee everything else is going to fall in order because you'll see not with your own eyes. You'll begin to see with God's eyes and with God's heart. Mm. And that's what I'll leave because we could go even further. You, you know how <laughs> about I to get us started back up. You're about to keep going. But no, definitely choose love. And Father God, we just thank you for this moment here, this this time where we have to really just speak on, speak on your word, Father God, speak in the way that you've been moving in our lives. We thank you for all that you've done. And I just ask that you continue to pour in yourself as he continues to pour in us, God. Continue to guide this podcast wherever you want to lead it. We just thank you for joining us in the midst, God, being in the midst where where we join together. We talk about you and and hope to get across to the people your love and your way and how we've given our life over, God, that our lives may be a, a living testimony. We just think we're just so thankful that 
that you're here with us, that you move within us, God, that you made a plan and, and you've taken the time to love and care for us, God, that our lives are no longer our own, but they're of you and they're to follow you, God. We just ask that someone will hear this and and go and build those relationships, Father, not with anyone else, God, but with you. We just, we, we ask that we're we're effective, God. We're not influential, God, but we're we're impactful to the people around us, to the people you place in front of us. We just ask that you continue to give us the wisdom, God. Give us the words and, and give us the opportunities to to show you and to show your love. Uh, thank you again for just all that you've done and all that you're doing, God. We just ask that as we leave, we depart from this place, but not your presence. Continue to be with us and reside in us. And we could give, continue to give you the name, the praise, the honor, and the glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 But once again, Seth, I thank you for all that you've given, man. It's been great. I thank the Lord. I, I'm here because of him. So that it all glory be to him. All right. And till next time, peace. Did we make it? We made it, but I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> stop it for a Careful. <laughs>